You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars, like the new TLX with $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers and 0.9% financing for up to 60 months. We have all new 22 MDXs with 1.9% financing for up to 60 months or get a great deal on a new lease. You can get the 21 Acura ILX as low as $239 per month for 36 months or the new 21 Acura RDX for as little as $399 per month for 36 months. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. just got more entertaining it's weekend joe on claves online driven by munganast st louis acura hear from some of the big names in st louis and national sports every weekend and now here's joe roderick and me i'm andy hanselman Welcome on into another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. And Andy, I-, I believe the listeners can once again pick up on the fact that I might not be in front of one of my two regular microphones right now. Yeah, you uh, you don't sound the same tonight, Joe. I-, I am once again, I am in my car, this time not driving, though. I am... Oh. Queen double headers. That's right. Uh, playing uh, playing softball out in Webster Groves. I'm outside of the Webster Groves Rec Center right now. That's where uh, that's where our games are at the uh, at the moment. And we we played one game, and then they're clearing out all of the fans, and then they're going to charge them admission for the second game at about eight thirty, I believe. Admission for what? Uh, to watch us play softball. Oh, I thought that was clear. Sorry. No, no, but why, why would people pay to watch that? Oh, you must have never seen me play softball. No, I, I have. Why would they? I, I don't. I, I, I did dive for a ball at third base earlier, and I can tell you just by the way my body feels, I did not do it as gracefully as uh, one Nolan Arenado might do it. Uh, did you see that play he made from his knee last night? Yes, it, it's it's a, just incredible to uh, to watch how smoothly he plays third base. Andy, you and I were both at the game on Wednesday night. Yes, we were, but we were not together, Joseph. No, we weren't. Uh, so uh, I uh, Hudson watched the uh, Cardinal game with me on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, we were sitting and watching the game, and he he goes, Dad, they're at Bush. And I said, yeah. He goes, why aren't you there? And I said, oh, I didn't want to go there. And he goes, when are they there next? I said, they got a game tomorrow night. He goes, can we go? And I said, sure. I don't think he realizes this at the moment, but if he asks me to go to a Cardinal game, damn it, I'm going to find a way to take him to the very next Cardinal game. I mean, and uh, if, if, he, <laughs> if he ever realizes that's the case, I'm going to be out a lot of money at some point. Yeah, when, you're, uh, when, you're, when your son asks you to go to the ball game, you, uh, you take him to the ball game. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we did, and uh, I jumped on StubHub, found some nice seats. Uh, you know what? Right behind the Cardinal bullpen, StubHub had it for eight bucks for a Cubs Cardinal game. So, oh, wow. well, how about yeah. that? Yeah, you know, I've so, gotten, uh, I've gotten some really good deals at the uh, all inclusive areas on StubHub, 
um, at over at Ballpark Village. I didn't know they were doing. It. I didn't know that you could get all inclusive on the uh, on StubHub. Yeah, I believe you can. I mean, they're they're yeah, I've gotten them before. Hmm. At least I think they. At least I think that's where they came from. I mean, I just I don't know if I've ever seen them. I just maybe thought they were never offered on there. I, I mean, I, I I it's not all the time that I jump on. On StubHub. I mean, StubHub's more of the one of those, okay, like last minute, hey, I want to do this. I'm going to jump on there and see if the tickets are available type of deal. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we did. And, uh, and I, I think he's finally starting to get more and more interested in it. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, he and I play the show a lot. And, Andy, he's a better hitter than I am at the show. No. Yeah, I do the pitching, and then he gets up and hits. He does. He has no clue how to run the bases, but the kid can hit. Hey, you know that's that's half the battle, Joe. Yeah, it is. I I, I envy the uh, I envy some of the rallies that he puts together on the uh, on the game. But and for the I mean, the kid just hits absolute bombs with Nolan Arenado too. It's, huh. <laughs> it's I mean, we're talking during the game hitting like 450, 460 foot bombs. Wow. <laughs> Which I know. <laughs> I say he's uh, he's figured that out. He really has. I think he just hits does the power swing every single time and <laughs> just doesn't care. Right. Where with me it's more of a strategy. I'm just like, okay, two strikes. I'm just gonna put the ball in play. I'm just gonna maybe hit an opposite field. And he's just like every time I just like boom, 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 <laughs> just does not care. Joe, when I was Hudson's age, I had a uh, I had an Apple II plus computer or something like that and uh it had a monday night football and it was the it was the kind of game where you picked the play and then like it reported back to you what happened nice there was like no there was some strategy involved like you couldn't like see the players it was all text (laughs) yeah so you just type in you're like i want to run it to the right and they would be like you lost two yards Art Monk returned that kick that uh, your your kickoff for thirty five yards, first and ten from the thirty five. Did they ever go into like intricate detail on a play where like somebody broke a leg and then fumbled and, yes. and uh, what? Yes, they did. Really, even back then. Yep, even back then. But uh, I always just ran the bomb play. Okay. <laughs> Five wide receivers. Just all go for it and score a touchdown every time. The reason I ask about that is uh, the other day in the show, we're we're playing, and I have I have Carlos Martinez on the mound. He comes in out of the bullpen, and the first pitch, a line drive comes back and hits him in the forehead, and he, <laughs> he is on the mound just wailing around on the mound, and a note comes up on the screen saying, you know, your pitcher was hit in the face. It's probably just going to be a shiner, but you need to take him out of the game. After one pitch. And then after the game, it updates me that he has a black eye that he'll probably have for the next one to five days. Did you have to take him out or did you say you need to take him out? I had to take him out of the game there, but I did not have to put him on the injured list. So he, he is still in my bullpen. I think I've only played one game since. He's in my bullpen. I believe I could use him if I want, but I'm going to guess his ability is lower due to his one black eye. I would guess so. Yeah. But another, I, I just, uh, another masterful I just, start by yeah. uh, Adam Wainwright last night as well. I was excited. I've got two Wainwright starts 
at home. I was I was at the game last Friday night as well. I um so uh, this uh this is the second time I got to see Kyle Hendricks pitch. Yeah, that was I cool too. I don't, I don't think that he um uh, I don't think Adam Wainwright was on the mound the first time that I saw it. I, I saw the two or saw the matchup, but yeah, it was. I, and this is the third time now I've seen Kyle Hendricks pitch the last three Cubs Cardinal games that I've gone to. And I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Okay. I've seen enough of him. I don't know. And there's nobody on the Cubs that I want to see, but I'm overseeing Kyle Hendricks. But the uh, I, I, Hudson was just into the game from the beginning because in the first inning you had Harrison Bader rob a home run and, and he is just playing just masterful baseball right now. I am very, very uh, excited to see what he's able to do out there. But Andy, the highlight of the uh, of the oh, beginning of the game was the fact that Hudson and I went and got we we got two helmets full of food. Uh, I got helmet nachos. He got helmet ice cream. And Andy, I have added to my helmet plastic helmet food collection on the season. That's fantastic news, Joe. Yeah. Uh, hashtag hashtag fan page helmet food. Uh, if you. Uh... If you need to uh, follow something. Yeah. So we, um, so, so I have that. So now I have the helmets from the White Sox, the Grizzlies, the Rockies and the Cardinals. And Andy, um, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm going to out the Rockies here on this, but they use smaller helmets than the other yeah. team. Is that, I wonder if that's because of the elevation. I don't think, I don't think that does anything to food, Andy. <laughs> I mean, there has to be some reason. I, I think they're just trying to save a buck. Well, they did give the Cardinals $50 million for taking Nolan Arenado. They did. And I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the fact that they were not, they were tots instead of nachos. Oh. Yeah, tachos. Yeah. Joe, I'm looking. So when I go to Milwaukee next week or in two weeks, I'm looking forward to uh, going up to Miller Park or whatever insurance company field it is now and, and, uh, and getting, and getting, getting the brachos and bringing you home a helmet. Yeah, I, I was too full to do it last time I went, so uh, that was uh, that was not something I went and did. So I appreciate you uh, taking one for the team and going and eating all the brachos and then just bringing me back the plastic helmet. I'm gonna need the Klabes Online uh, expense account for my uh, for my ticket though. Uh, that's just gonna be straight from me. That's not gonna be the Klabes oh. Online account. Yeah, that's just gonna be me paying for it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm gonna buy the nachos since I'm gonna eat them. Right. So my, uh, you know, there's, there's always a big joke about helmet food, about, you know, how it's for the walruses and for the fats. And I'm at the ball, right. I'm at the ball game on Friday. And my brother and my, and my uh, nephew get up to go get some stuff. And he, he comes back with, what do you know? Helmet nachos. And I start kind of laughing. Posted it on the fan page saying how no one's whisked him off to the bathroom to spice him up yet or anything like that. And it got into the conversation with my brother. And then he goes, I said, how come you got the helmet nachos? He goes, well, the regular nachos are $12. These are $18 and you get a free helmet. So I'm in. (laughs) And never, ever will I, will I, uh, you know, wear that helmet or do anything with that. I did wear it during daily cards today as uh, daily cards is now live. Andy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we are uh, we're live every single day. We'll do and, it live. Yeah, so we are uh, we're doing that, and it's uh, it's pretty cool that uh, Rammer wants to see how long we each can go with a different hat each and every day. What What do you mean? Like, uh, go through our collection of hats. He said he has a lot of ball caps. 
And oh. he wants me to try to match him every single day, seeing if we how long we could go wearing a new one. Oh, wearing a new hat. Okay, I understand. So not not like how long you can wear a hat, how long you can keep coming up with new hats. Correct. Yeah. So my uh, my hat today was um but my hat today was the helmet nacho the, the the nacho helmet from last night joe i watch these folks who like to go around to different goodwills and thrift shops and buy golf clubs mm-hmm. at the same time these people are about your age i think they're probably like born in like in the mid 80s and if they find like a really cool starter hat or a really cool mid 90s cap at the goodwill or a thrift shop used hat they'll buy it and wear it Joe, would you would you wear a used hat from Goodwill? If it costs like, say it's like your, it's like some special edition Frank Thomas White Sox hat that maybe has like a facsimile autograph on it, but it's the one that you saw when you were a kid one time, and you see it at a Goodwill for two bucks. No, I don't think so. Are you buying it? No. Um, and just collecting I, it. I so I don't have a hat display yet in my, in my basement. That's one of the things I've been trying to look for, like a good way to display all my hats. Yep. Uh, Matt Snyder has a nice one. I, when I had him on last week, we uh, we just did, uh, we, you know, we were Zooming with each other as we recorded, and uh, he has a real nice hat, nice hat display in his background that I, I commented on. And I think I asked, I don't, I, I asked him a few times, like where he got it from. And I, he never really answered me on it. I, I don't yeah. know why. I don't think maybe he heard what I was asking or what, but anyway, I'm looking for a nice way to display all of my hats in my basement. Joe, along the same lines, follow-up question, if you will. Yeah. Would you buy shoes? Like say you see the coolest pair of Jordans that you really wanted and you find them at a Goodwill used for five dollars are you buying those i'm gonna have a lot of questions before i buy them the people at goodwill are not going to have the answers to your questions i i believe jordan is probably spelled j-o-r-d-i-n on the back of those maybe it's the use but you know who knows maybe it's some special edition pair that someone that someone just got rid of because they didn't know what they were getting rid of man i'd have i i would be very uh yeah, I'd be very hesitant to buy some used used shoes. I'm not big on I'm used shoes. Them. I mean, I would wear them because I wear socks. I wear socks even with like some of my like no show shoes, my summer shoes, if you will. I wear I wear socks with those. Yeah, I have no I have no show socks. So yeah, that wouldn't be that. that I would have no problem buying them or been putting them on because the sock would protect you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. One, of my, one of my greatest goodwill finds, Joe. Uh, well, I've got a set of five stainless steel bowls that I use just about every day for cooking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like a dollar fifty. I mean, yeah, that's a, it's, it's a good deal. It is. I got them when I had the vacation house. You used to have a vacation house. You were at the vacation house. I was. Oh yeah, that's right. I know what you're talking about. The apartment. Yeah. That yeah, I just <laughs> and I, I just I don't know. I mean shoes, yeah, but I'm not putting I'm not but I'm not putting a used hat on this head of, on this head of hair either. Well no, you might ruin your hair. Right. 
So, Joe, I went and visited Claire today. Oh, by the way, I wanted to uh, plug Claire's business. She does a great job. I'd wax that LLC on Instagram. You can book your appointments now. Uh, go get it sweetened up. I got my eyebrows done today, Joe. Oh, really? I'm sorry we're not doing this on video right now. I'll send you a picture here in a little bit. I'm really sweetened up. I got, I was really, really bushy. But boy, Joe, when she gets that underneath part, the part the, the right, right above your eyelid, that real thin piece of skin, Boy, you will go crying for your mom when she when she takes that wax and rips that rips that right out of your face. Oh, whoo! Yeah, man. I uh, I finally got back into the cryo chamber this week. Yeah, I saw that too. After your after I saw you after your big run the other day. It wasn't a big run, Andy. Uh, after stopping and talking to you mid run, I had about three four other people call me. And I finally just said, screw it. This isn't happening today and stopped at like four miles. Like, wait a minute. So like, you like actually had to do work in the middle of the day. I'm so I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Had to do it that. wasn't even work. That's the thing. <laughs> it wasn't. It, but, I mean, if it was work related, that means claims would have been calling me. Like those are the only work related things that I happen to me during the day is, is when he calls me and I will, no matter what I am doing, that phone call gets answered every single time. Uh, but no, this was all, I have the alumni game next weekend. So oh, yeah. that it was all alums calling and asking questions about stuff because Andy next week is, uh, so Friday is the golf and then Saturday is the game and Andy at the golf next Friday, we have two gentlemen that are 88 years old that are playing. Oh, by the way, I'm out for golf next week. I remember I'm already playing in a golf tournament next Friday out in, uh, Carlisle. Well, we will uh, we'll miss you at that, but we'll see you next Saturday at the uh, at the event. Andy, I'm once again doing the fast food buffet. I know, I'm I'm sad I'm going to miss it. I might drive all the way from Carlisle to Godfrey just to go to the fast food buffet. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what all I'm putting in the fast food buffet at the uh, at the moment. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to because last year I was able to feed all of those people there. For under $200. Well, Joe, I was thinking about something because we talked about this uh, the other day. And I have all of these fast food coupons that come in the mail. And uh, I believe there's like a 16-year-old next to me that just tried to park about uh, five times into a regular spot. Oh, regular spot. And yeah, it, it was. it took her a while to do it. It wasn't a uh, maroon toilet. Hold on. Hold on. What? Wasn't a maroon Toyota Highlander? No, because that person also has. Hey, you finally parking. got it. All good. Anyway, I have fast food coupons. They don't say limit anything. You can just like use them over and over again. So if you wanted like two for four big burgers from Hardee's, you could utilize that. But you got to go through so many times. No, just yeah, you just use it one time. Like, look. Here's what I want. I have one coupon. Apply it over and over and over again. My my thing, the way that it works best, I found last year, and I'm going to start, you know, I've already started doing a little bit of research here. You need to find the places that have good apps that you can order from that way and that you can place the order so they'll make it and then you can go and pick it up because I'm not going to golf in this event. I'm going to be driving around and picking up the food while people are golfing and then have it back and then have it sitting there and waiting. I want to make a couple of suggestions for you, Joseph. What are you, so, okay. So last year, 
last year. And so by the, by the time we record this next week, I'll pretty much have everything planned out for what I'm going to order. And some of it might even have ordered. So last year, I did two Crave cases from White Castle, mm-hmm. six Little Caesars pizzas. You should do those. 20 McChickens and 20 McDoubles. And Andy, the coup de gras was 100 Jack in the Box tacos. So here's what I think you should. I think you should also to go. Uh, it's time to involve Captain D's. I'm not. I'm, no, 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 no. Joe? I can't. Joe? What? They're jalapeno poppers and they're clam strips. I don't think I, I, I just, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Boy, they're real good. Real good. I, so right now I've started looking at a few things. I could get six foot long subs from Subway for about $47. That's so boring. Andy, I'm trying to feed like 80 people. All right. Or less than $200. Seafood, so fe- seafood feast. 12 pieces of our famous batter dipped fish. 12 crispy shrimp. Three seafood stuffed crab shells. 12 hush puppies. And your choice of two family style sides. The one, I mean, the the tough one, like the one I should do is some Taco Bell. Oh boy. Right? Let's go to let's go to tacobell.com. Do you just get tacos? Is that what you I mean? Are you going to do jack in the box tacos? I don't know. I mean, so I, if I'm on the value meal uh, for Oh yeah. You know what's a really good value, Joe? That beef burrito for a buck. Man, they got beefy potato flatbread tacos. That looks so good right now. Oh yeah, that look that does look good for a dollar. But then, but then you also have to see how many you can put in an order at once. And I'm just hitting the plus sign right now on chicken chipotle melts. And Andy, I'm up in the it, the limit is fifty. Fifty. I can order fifty chicken chipotle melts. Uh, I can yeah, you can the same thing on the website. I can order I can order you fifty beef burritos. Yeah, I'm, so I don't know. Do, boy, that chicken chipotle melt, that's a delicious little treat, too. So you could do 50 chicken chipotle melts with 50 beef burritos. And that's that's 100 bucks right there. So I think that's good value, though, Joe. That beef burrito is huge. Or even better value, the beef burrito and the cheesy bean and rice burrito. Those are real delicious, too. Yeah, so I need to I need to figure this out. I need to play around with some things. Would you customize it? Would you add some sauce? Oh, that's way. Oh God, you're. I mean, you're talking. You're you're also trying to not piss these people off that are making your food. Well, that's why you call Joe. Don't just order it. You got to call and talk to the manager. And be like, I want to place a catering order. Don't just be like, I'm coming to buy the pick. I'm going to order this and come by and pick it up in 10 minutes. True. Yeah, then you got to hope that somebody is actually there to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to play around with it and figure it all out. Andy, before we, uh, before we head to our guest list for, uh, for today. Yeah, who's on the show today? (laughs) Oh, on the show today, Andy. So the Olympics are this weekend. They They sure are. Yeah, so I uh, I reached out. Uh, the Olympics, of course, will be on uh, KSDK, 
Channel 5, so I reached out to our friend, uh, the sports director over at KSDK, Frank Cusimano, and wanted to talk a little Olympics with, uh, with Frank. So he is on the show. I was at the ball game on Friday night, and I turned around, and who did I see? Frank and Monique. They're enjoying the ball game? They were enjoying the ball game, about two or three oh. rows behind me. What is so, Frank? What does Frank eat at a uh, at a ball game? I didn't I didn't I didn't notice him until later on, so I don't know what he ate. He didn't know mm-hmm. my name though. I kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, you know what? I I feel like there might be time. I I feel like Frank meets a lot of people. So yeah, I, I he has to remember a lot of names. Yeah, I uh, wasn't real but, hurt. But uh, Frank, um, so we talk a little Olympics with Frank. And then Andy, I have on uh, I have on the show today, slew cross country and uh, track and field coach John Bell. Oh, okay. Because, because Andy, not to talk not to talk distance running, uh, oh. we we do talk about that off air. But Andy, he just finished the Trans Am bike race, four thousand miles from Washington to I believe Virginia. A uh, bicycle race. Wait a minute. That's not 4,000 miles. A- Andy, he went 4,000 miles. From. All right. It's called the 4,000 mile bike race. Trans Am bike race. I believe it was 4,162 miles, is what he rode. Trans Am bike race. Oh. You find it? I did. Right? It goes, yeah. Oh, wow. I I know. It goes to a lot of states. Yeah, it does. Looks like they crossed, Joe, they crossed the river right at Cape Girardeau, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So they drove right by the Pink Pony down there. Is that where? I didn't, we didn't, he didn't bring that up on the show. Oh, he probably didn't stop there. Uh, he did not stop. No. So we, we talk about that with him. And then Andy, um, I had Katie Wu on this, uh, this week. She writes for the athletic about the Cardinals yeah. had her on it because Andy, this, uh, this past week, there was an all women's uh, major league baseball broadcast, uh, five or six different uh, women that cover baseball called it was the Orioles. And I, I for the life of me, I'm sorry. I, I don't remember who they played, but I, I know that it was a, uh, it, I mean, it's a big deal to have the, uh, an all women's broadcast and to grow the game as, which is something baseball has a bit of a problem with. And I know Katie was very excited about the, uh, the fact that they were having that and had her on not only to talk about that, but how talk about the first half of the Cardinal season and what it's been like to, um, to cover the uh to cover the cardinals and to be here in st louis so a a good conversation with her and andy everything that we are doing now we are putting on uh we're doing video of and we're putting it up on the youtube page so go to the claves online youtube page and you can see all the things that we are doing on uh right there on claves online on the youtube page and watch videos of all these interviews along with listening to the podcast well that's exciting i didn't know that yet Mm mm-hmm so that's just a uh, that's just the way we're going to add video to more and more stuff we do. It was an idea we came up with after all the video content that we put out during the All Star Game well, last week. Decided that we needed to do more and more video here. So yeah, you, you can't you can't go wrong there. No, it's just you know what it's more content, and honestly, Andy, it's no extra work. 
it's something we should have been doing this whole time because I'm already doing all the interviews over uh, video anyway. Why not just put those up on YouTube where people can watch them? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, that's just more added stuff that we have here on Claves Online. And also speaking of doing video, lunch with Claves and Joe each and every week. Claves is going to be uh, on vacation next week. So I got Jay Randolph Jr. to sit in for Claves. Well, that's a good, that's a pretty good fill in there. Where you guys, are you, are you driving out to Sullivan to do the show? No, we're going to do, he's going to be on his cam camera. I'm going to be on my camera. I'm going to sit my ass at home and he'll do the same. You go out and see, you go out and see Jennings and Sullivan. I have no idea where that is on a map, Andy. 44 westbound just past Six Flags. Is it? Yep. I shouldn't say just past Six Flags about 20 minutes past six flags by the way andy i could still get two tacos for 99 cents on the jack in the box app oh really yeah so they're not two for a dollar 29 on there on the app no wow yeah so uh it is exciting i'm very excited about uh about that and look forward to uh to doing that here next uh next week so i was gonna talk i was just gonna mention quickly the uh the color scheme for the uh for the show today you see it there on the show graphic it's the kraken's colors andy the seattle kraken yeah, they are a team now they have a roster and of players i have no idea who the hell they are but andy i mean you think about it it is they are players that are you know the teams were able to protect a certain amount of players so you you have you know you know most of your I mean your entire first line most of your second line you're you're gonna leave a few guys exposed you're gonna leave contracts exposed that you know that they wouldn't touch or guys that you're maybe looking to get rid of and that's what the Blues did with Tarasenko and Vince Dunn they they are trying to get rid of Tarasenko they kind of wanted to part ways with Vince Dunn. And the Kraken took Vince Dunn. It's not, I don't think it's as big of a loss as when they, uh, a few years ago, when they lost David Perron to the, uh, to the Vegas Knights. Right. But I, and I, I just, I like the way that the NHL has done this because it has really led to a huge shakeup around the entire league. I feel like, I feel like a lot of teams are going to hit the reset button are going to, dump some of their contracts and you're seeing that a few different places. So I think that bringing the Kraken on here is good for the game because I also think the NHL realizes this is the last time they're going to expand for quite some time. Yeah. Have now uh, you have the NFL and the NHL both at 32 teams. So uh, yeah, the NHL is at 32, right? Uh, I is believe it? this is, I believe this is team 32. I was going to say, I, I thought this was team 32 and you, you, so you get, you get them, uh, you know, NBA and MLB will soon expand to 32 as well. It's, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, it only makes sense. Where's MLB go from here? Do you think they go to Vegas as well? I think the A's will end up in Vegas. Oh, could be. Yeah. The A's, the A's end up in Vegas I think Nashville gets a team. They need one. I I, I really think that Team Thirty Two is going to be a surprise. Are they going to? I think they're going back to Montreal. 
Or do, I mean, here's the thing. And I, I'm sure memories can't be that short. Yes, they have those preseason games in Montreal between the Blue Jays and whoever uh, every year at Olympic Stadium. Olympic Stadium is a piece of junk. And when the Expos were there, they drew about 4,000 fans a game. It's like going to a Marlins game, if not worse. Mike Shannon commented one time on the air about what a mockery of baseball the Montreal Expos make of it. Yeah. The memories can't be that short. There's, I don't think there's any way possible they go back to Montreal. I just, yeah, I, I think there's other, I mean, I wonder if Vancouver's an option. It's. Do you think it'd be a Canadian team? I don't, I don't know where the, I don't, I just don't know what 32nd city you end up going to. I mean, they could go to Moose Jaw. I feel like Vancouver would be the top choice. Oh, Moose Jaw. Uh, Kelly Chase's hometown, Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan. God, there's some good, there's some good town names up in Canada. Saskatoon, not a very popular town with the with the, with the Bluesers in town, but uh, that's Saskatoon. It's like they say it's like East St. Louis. It's kind of run down a little bit, not very well taken care of. You there? I'm here. Yeah. Um. I just. I. I as I'm trying. I'm just trying to sit here and think if any other, what if there would be any other Canadian options for if that? You, if, if MLB had a had a team in Edmonton or Calgary, I mean, when could they start playing home games there? June. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be. Kind of, I mean, they have to be in a dome. They would definitely have to put it in a uh, in a dome there. Oh yeah. As I, and I, I, I sit here, yeah. I got, a, I got a friend that lives up in Seattle, and but he is going to be moving. I think like February or March of next year. Yep. And I kind of want to try to push to go up to a game there. You should. Boy, the Kraken have a sweet kit too, don't they? Their color scheme is nice. You, you'll see. I mean, you can see it in the graphic. I use that. Yeah. And then Andy, and then Andy, the picture, of course, is an upside down helmet. Did you? Oh, of course it is. Did yeah. you? Uh, did you go find the Pantone colors? For the Seattle Kraken colors, Andy, I'm a uh, I, I I go uh, hex co- oh, hex, hex color. That's what yeah hex yeah that's what it is. yeah I go hex code yeah. So that's what I uh, that's what I go with. So there you go. That's everything we got coming up on the show. Uh, good guest list coming up in uh, in just a bit as well. So lots uh, lots of content for you this week. If you want to listen to the interviews, go listen to. Them. If you want to watch them, hey, head over to YouTube. Go to Claves Online and check them out there as well so lots to uh lots to get to and we will get into those interviews here in just a uh just a bit and hey uh this show is sponsored by munganas st louis acura munganas alton toyota you know there is a chance there is a chance that claves online heads to the pro football hall of fame in two weeks to go see isaac bruce get inducted Ooh, into wow. the uh yeah into the hall of fame you ain't going so, you going by yourself it would just be me by myself Ben Boyd um, gonna go with you? I don't think he is. I think this might be me solo. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, if uh, if that's the case, Andy, uh, you, or if Ben goes with me, I will. Uh, I'll be renting a car from Munganas Alton Toyota and driving over to Canton, Ohio for the uh, for that. Yeah. Joe, I'm renting a car from uh, Munganas Toyota on August the twelfth. Ooh. For my family Very to go nice. to for my family to go on vacation without me. 
Yeah. Hey, that's nice. Uh, nice home. Uh, you just get to be home alone the whole uh, week, right? I get I get to hang out with Waldo and Winston and Buzz. Very. Hey, you know what? Nothing wrong with that, right? Right. So, uh, Andy, uh, hey, give give Munganass Alton Toyota a call. Let them know that uh, that you need to rent a car, and they will uh, they they will uh, help you out there. So we will. Uh, we will let you know what happens with that coming up in two weeks. We'll probably know next week if we're going there or not. We need to take a break, head over to the guest list for today, and be back at the very end to wrap up some crack slippers right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass Alton Toyota, Munganass St. Louis Acura, here on ClavesOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClabesOnline.com. Hey, later on tonight, it is the opening ceremonies of the 2020 Olympics here in 2021. And you can see all the coverage for the next couple weeks on uh, Channel 5 locally, along with all the other NBC stations. So I figured why not reach out to our friend, the, uh, the sports director over there, at KSDK, Frank Cusimano, to uh, you know preview the Olympics a little bit and talk about whatever else comes to mind. Frank, man, how you doing? Good to be with you, Joe. It's an honor to be a part of this. This is the first time I've done this type of uh, video on uh, Claves Online. It's really cool. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, the, the stuff that we have learned, I don't, I mean, the stuff that I don't, I've learned the last year and a half, having to deal with technology and, and find new ways of streaming has, has been just leaps and bounds over what I knew. I, I can't imagine, you know, you doing sports every night uh, on Channel 5, the, the different things that you've had to do and not having people in studio or not getting to go and cover events, just how crazy has it been for you this past uh, these past 17 months? Yeah, I did, I guess, about four or five months at home where my wife, Monique, was my photographer. And uh, it, it was crazy, especially when you didn't have, like, sports going on. So you just had to, like, in many ways, it was a lot harder because you had to feature out. You had to dig into Rolodexes. You had to come up with lists. And uh, you had to just... Uh, use every creative uh, ounce in your body to somehow fill, you know, nine, 10 minutes of sports every day. And then a, then a half hour on Sunday. So I'll tell you one quick story is um, you're familiar with Ozark, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you remember Ruth, the, um, the young girl, the blonde, kind of a foul mouth. 
So one day I was I was doing the taping the sports cast and uh, I was kind of screwing up a few times. And uh, Monique was getting like really upset because she had something, you know, somewhere to go. And uh, she was kind of making me a little bit nervous because we we're getting approaching deadline. And so I said to her, I said, you know, Monique, the object of the photographer is to make the talent feel at ease. And she looked at me and in that Ruth tone, she says, you're the effing talent. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to deal with her smart aleck attitude and all these other technology issues the whole time. It was, it was hell. So I, I, I need to make sure before we go any further, you're doing this on a computer, right? She's not standing there on the phone holding up, up the camera again. This, this feed's not about to go out after you tell a story like that, right? Oh, no, she's not around at all, so I'm sick. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why you just told that story. So. Absolutely. She has never listened or watched on television like for the last 15 years. Occasionally, she'll watch Sports Plus if I have an attractive guest on. She's oh, he was cute. But, yeah, she's not watching me anymore. No, she's, she's good. So, uh, so with the Olympics coming up, um, you have uh, you know the next two weeks, you know that stuff's going to be on primetime uh, on Channel 5. As far as your role on, for doing the sports every night, how does that change what you're, you are going to have to do with, uh, with the local news? Well, it's not so much with the actual sports cast you know, at five, six, and 10, we have an Olympic zone show that airs uh, every night at 6.30. That will be, it's a half hour show that we'll be putting a lot of work in uh, throughout the day about what's coming up that night, what happened the night before, what local angle is happening. So a half hour of locked in and loaded Olympic coverage just from Channel 5. And then, you know, at 10 o'clock, there, there's some people that actually don't care about the Olympics. So we have a you know, we have a duty to be covering, you know, the Cardinals and to be covering Mizzou football and training camp, uh, high school football beginning and, and things like that. So, I mean, we'll there'll be some Olympic coverage in our sports cast, but the Olympic zone every night at 630. And I'll tell you what, you know, there's some that are cynics, Joe, that say, oh, the Olympics, that's just for the housewife to watch the gymnastics. I mean, if you look at the ratings, that's not the story. I mean, local numbers are down. They're not down for the Olympics. We get a huge spike. In fact, Joe, the, the Friday night of the uh, gymnastics and the Sunday night of the gymnastics, when we had the women in action in St. Louis, we had the highest rating of any NBC affiliate in the country. It was like off the charts. We had an hour-long show about gymnastics that was a humongous rating. So, yeah, it's, it is big. There's no doubt about it. And then when you add on to that, too, how many people were at the Dome watching it that weren't watching on Channel 5? That, that makes it even more impressive. You're right, because like the 20,000 were there on that Sunday night. That would have really increased the ratings even higher. But they were actually at the event and they didn't count for the TV ratings. It's a good point. That's uh, that that really is crazy. So you you're going to get all the the main sports, the track and field, the gymnastics, the swimming. That's going to be on, on, on KSDK each and uh, each and every night. How much do you follow the other sports, the ones that'll be on the USA or the CNBC, the ones that'll be on during the day? How, how you personally, how closely do you follow those? I can't say that uh, that I'll be an expert in covering those. And, you know, um, we'll get a really insightful log about each day. Hey, this is what's coming up or this is what happened. And I'll keep an eye on it. But 
during the day, I'm kind of keeping it a little more of an idea on the day-to-day stuff in St. Louis till we get that half-hour show. But I will say this, is there probably, and I'm a huge uh, Giannis fan, I don't think there could be any more compelling athlete in the summer of 2021 than Simone Biles. I mean, I don't even know if anybody's even close. Joe, I, mean, I don't know if you were you watched any of the NBC stuff, but what I was amazed at, and I saw her up close and personal, but I don't think you can get the full appreciation for it if you're watching it in person as opposed to watching it on TV. I thought that there was like some kind of like jetpack on her body. I, mean, I don't know how any human being, Joe, could actually get off the ground that high. I, I thought Michael dunked, you know, jumped really high in the slam dunk contest. You watch this thing in slow-mo. Wait, this is a human being with the same arms and legs that I have, and yet she's like flying through the air without any help. It's it's absolutely stunning. And then when you just see up close and personal just how small she is, too. Oh. I mean, all of that, I mean, all of that, just the muscle in her legs and the way that she is built inside that that tiny package. She is not, I mean, there are, there have been gymnastics before, and uh, I mean, really, the women's gymnastics team has come in all shapes and sizes over the years and for for being as tiny as she is and getting the height on some of those jumps and you, when you see her in person for the first time you're just like my god that that makes it even more impressive yeah you're absolutely right uh and almost all of them are like that you say they come in all shapes and sizes you're right there are some a little bit taller but in general uh, they are all tiny and they're just all freaky off the charts athletes. So you, uh, it's, when you put together this show, you're, you're talking the Olympic zone and you guys are doing this. I, I got to think, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday already. We've already had some issues with athletes there in Japan, testing positive and dropping out and pulling themselves out of the events. This is really going to be kind of an up to the minute type of uh, type of deal that you guys are going to have to put out there. You guys might not be able to pre-produce something like this hours in advance, knowing how uh, just how things can change in a moment with these uh, positive COVID tests over there. Yeah. The testing is just insane. Uh, we did a story the other day, uh, Joe, on an Olympic diving judge. Her name is Julia Allring. Uh, she'll be the only United States Olympic diving judge in Tokyo. There's only 18 going to the Olympics, and she's one of 18. And the amazing thing is that she showed me um, her COVID test kit. She has to take this every day before she goes to Tokyo, and she's leaving on Wednesday while we're taping here. But she has to take a selfie of herself while she's doing the COVID testing, while this thing's up her nose, she's got to take a selfie so they know it's legit. And then while she's there, 18 straight days of COVID testing. She she can't leave um, the hotel without supervision. Like, you know, let's just say I could picture staying in a, a resort for 18 days, but I'd also like to be able to go to a bunch of different restaurants and go work out. She basically can't leave her hotel room. So, yeah, it's it is it's going to be crazy for some of the athletes. That's why I understand why some of these great tennis players are not going. You know, I mean, these spoiled brat professional athletes, they're they're there for eighteen days if they don't have to. That's why so many have dropped out. Yeah, and you know, it's in the middle of summer too. With, with all with with the past year that they've had, it it makes sense more this year than it has any other year, but. The one thing that's that really is depressing so far, 
and Frank, I know you're a huge basketball fan, like like I am too. But seeing this team USA, it was a great story locally having Beal and Tatum originally on the team. That's not the case anymore. But to see them losing some of the prelim games or some of the practice games and just some of the names on this roster. This is no 1992 roster. This is no dream team that they're sending over to Tokyo. It just, it, it kind of takes away a little bit from the games, knowing that the, the men's basketball team probably isn't going to be, you know, being, they aren't going to end up in any history books. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when we think of the United States Olympic teams, we may think of Oscar Robertson and Jerry West going together. Or we may think of, you know, Bird and Magic and the Dream Team or LeBron and, and all his great uh, stars. And, and then on this team, there's going to be a guy named JaVel McGee. I mean, are you telling me there's not a center better than JaVel McGee? I've heard of him. Jeff it's Westbrook? the other, the one that they took from the Spurs. The, the one, that, well, I don't even know what his first name is. That's, yeah. <laughs> and you can't think of it either. It's, it's, <laughs> Keldon Johnson, something like that, yeah. I, I mean, at least Christian Leitner did something in college before he was named to the Dream Team. I, this guy just I mean, played good defense for Pop. Uh, that's. Uh... But with that said, and uh, as disappointing as they have been, there's no doubt about it, they've been disappointing. I still think when they play for real and you're trotting out Tatum, KD, uh, Dame, maybe Levine, and then you have like Middleton, Booker, uh, Holiday. I think they're still going to come home with the goal, but it's going to be a it's going to be a fight. I don't know. We we could. I I don't want to be anti-US here, but that's just one that I I, I don't see that uh, I don't see that happening. At the uh, moment, so this is uh, I know so I, so I know what back in 2016 I know you didn't travel to the Olympics then. I'm trying to think as long as I've known you, Frank. I don't think have you uh, have you ever gone and covered an Olympic Games? Yes, 1996. I was okay. in Atlanta for about uh, 30 days. Yeah, that was that was cool. I didn't really. I wasn't wild about going to the other countries. Um, I always thought 30 days away when you have young kids and all their sporting events was not up my cup of tea because I wanted to be at every game. But I enjoyed the heck out of Atlanta. It was really neat. You know, I was um, in Centennial Park um, where the bombing took place, and we were there about uh, – we did our live shots, and, and we left, and then 15 minutes later, the bomb went off. Wow. Yeah. I remember this too, because I hate to embarrass my wife again on this, on a podcast, but okay. So there's like 10 of us from channel five, nine of us, as soon as we got back to the hotel, got these frantic phone calls from our wives. Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, I didn't hear from Monique. The next day she calls, she says, well, I'm in Florida with the kids. I hope you're well, stay in touch. <laughs> yeah. She was really worried. <laughs> the trash her twice. <laughs> God. Oh, so yeah, you guys, I, I, and that's the thing. I know brought not, not many uh, people at all. I mean, the way the media is going to cover the games this year, I, I know they're, you guys aren't sending anybody. Uh, no, you really and, can't. Um, and I don't think any, I mean, I haven't heard of any, and, and all the major people that usually will travel to these, 
nobody is really going to this. It's just going to be, I mean, there's going to be no fans at any of the events. It's going to be basically what we see through the cameras for everybody. You know, um, the only media member that I know personally that's going is a guy I'm sure you've heard of is Pat Forty. Yes. And do you know why Pat Forty is going? To watch his daughter, right? Exactly. So I don't think he was going to go. But then, wait a minute. Hey, uh, maybe I'm going to tell my uh, – he works with Yahoo now, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we should cover the Olympics here. We're going to cover the swimming. Yeah, I'll cover it. So that's probably why he's going. So, yeah, I don't think anybody was wild about, wild about going at all. All right. Well, Frank, as you mentioned, uh, the Olympic zone will be each and every night during the uh, during the Olympic Games. You said at what time? 6.30 every night at Channel 5. And then we hit the uh, coverage live at 7 o'clock. And they take it, by the way, sometimes till 10.30, a half hour late for news, uh, 11, an hour late for news. And sometimes they take it to midnight. So we'll be having some late night sportscasts for the next 17 days. And with the games being in Japan, is there going to be anything on during the day uh, live over there? Oh, yeah. There's going to be plenty of stuff. Yep, absolutely. All right. So you guys can field all the phone calls about people missing their uh, their stories during the uh, during the day. When, you mean the uh, soap when operas? Get... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll get hate mail. It's the worst. <laughs> well, Frank, enjoy the next few weeks of, uh, of Olympic coverage and we'll be uh, we'll be tuning in to Channel 5 KSDK for all of it. Joe, thanks for introducing me to some new technology. This is awfully cool. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Terrific stuff, as always, from Frank Cusimano, uh, KFNS, KSDK. Uh, you can see him all uh, the next few weeks, the Olympic Zone that they'll be uh, that they'll be having there on Channel Five. Always fun to catch up with uh, with Frank. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Munganas Alton Toyota, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, we are also sponsored by Glory Pro Wrestling, and they have their uh, they have their big summer show coming up this weekend. It's on Sunday, three o'clock at the South Broadway Athletic Club. The heat is on. It is where you can see uh, AEW star All Ego Ethan Page in action. One of the main events on Sunday afternoon. Hey, and also, too, you know who's coming back? Halal Beefcake. I know he is a fan. They are a fan favorite. They are the former tag team champions going to try to get their championship back this uh, this weekend there at Glory Pro Wrestling. Go to the Glory Pro Wrestling Twitter page at We Are Glory Pro. And look at the the promo that they cut. It's really, really good stuff. There are some tickets still available, and there will be tickets available at the door. And hey, you come up to the door, you'll see me. I'll probably be hanging out there with uh, with Corey there at the door at Glory Pro Wrestling's. The heat is on this Sunday. This Sunday at the South Broadway Athletic Club. The uh, the doors open at two o'clock. The first match will be at three o'clock. Either uh, either go to the website at gloryprowrestling.com or just show up. Show up. There will be tickets available at the door and come say hi to me as uh, we uh, as we will have a great time out at the Heat Is On Glory Pro Show this Sunday at the South Broadway athletic club we have a packed show we we just talked to frank coming up next cross country and track coach at SLU for the billikens it is john bell he is going to be on with us next just wait till you hear his story as to what he just completed 
across the country. We'll uh, we'll talk to him about that. Then Katie Wu from The Athletic talking Cardinal baseball coming up in just a bit as well. That's what we have coming up for you right here on Weekend Joe today here on ClabesOnline.com presented by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even even longer, and I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota right here at ClavesOnline.com. As uh, we, uh, I, I talk a lot about some of the uh, the trips I'll take, the running, all that, the the triathlon training that I that I do, and I uh, I saw this story. Bob Ramsey uh, brought me brought to my attention this story from a few weeks ago. We welcome in the head cross country and track and field coach for the Slough Billikens. He is John Bell, and he joins us now. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thank you. So I I, I you know. <laughs> I didn't mention what you did. You just finished for those people that might have followed you on Twitter for the last month and a half or so when you were when you were competing this journey. You went 24 days, 4,182 miles on a bike, a cross country bike trip. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Trans Am bike race. It was uh, it was quite the adventure. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely an experience I will never forget. That's uh, that's for certain. And you, so you, and I, you know, I saw you said you finished eighth in this. It, it was a race. So, how exactly? So, where first of all, like, where did this start and uh, the race start, and who was it through? Who who was? Uh, I guess where where could people find information right. on, on this? So it's um, it was well, started in Astoria, Oregon. Uh, a gentleman um, by the name of Nathan Jones, uh, who actually lives out in Portland. Uh, he's actually originally from uh, kind of Springfield, Missouri area, but is, is now uh, living out in Portland. He's the one who started this race. So the, the Trans Am bike trail was started in uh, 1976 by the Bicycle um, Adventure Association. Uh, so to celebrate the bicentennial, bicentennial of the United States, they created this bike route across the country. And in 1976, they actually had about a thousand people, uh, start in a story and about a thousand people start in Yorktown, Virginia. And they, you know, they met in the middle of the country as they, as they rode this route. Uh, well, fast forward to 2014 and Nathan Jones, uh, had the, <laughs> I don't know if it was a smart idea, but he had the idea to, Hey, let's, let's make a bike race out of this route. And, um, he, uh, posted it online. There's uh, it's called the Trans Am bike race. Uh, so the website, transambikerace.com. Um, you can find all the, the information there. Um, uh, but he started the race in, in 2014 and obviously 2020 got canceled because of COVID, but, uh, uh, it's been going ever since, and uh, there's there's a handful of us crazies that uh, – and actually, in 2015, there was a documentary done on the race. 
uh, Inspired to Ride. You can find it on Netflix and, and Amazon Prime and um, all those streaming kind of outlets. Um, and that's actually how I first found out about it, was watching the, the documentary. Um, and uh, yeah, here we are uh, in 2021 as uh, an 8th place finisher. And I and I'm, I imagine for people that have even started listening to uh, to this interview between us, uh, they will hopefully appreciate some nerd questions I'm about to start asking about the bike and everything right. else that's included in it. But I, I just I, I look at this and first, I mean, the, the fact that it was canceled due to COVID, I understand. But this seems like one of those events that that could have probably gone through. When you talk about a 4,000 mile bike, uh, and I'm looking at the leaderboard right now, it goes from 19 days to like 36 days. It's still going on, I, I think. And some, uh, there, there probably is some cyclists still out there working on it, but I'm looking at the trail here and the map for this. How, as far as planning goes for you, what goes into that? Because it's not like you can just drive the 4,000 miles and look and go, okay, this is, this is where I'm going to be going. Right. No, it's, it, it really does take some planning. Uh, so a little backstory on me, I tried, or I attempted this race in 2017. I started, uh, and I made it about 700 miles, uh, to council, um, council Idaho. And, and what I would tell you, Joe, from that experience is I thought I was prepared. Right. And boy, was I wrong. Um, I started uh, preparing for this, um, you know, obviously with, with the, the 2020 shutdown of pretty much everything, right. Uh, you know, I wrote a lot, a, a lot more than I'd ever written before. Um, and in about November of 2020, I had the idea of, Hey, you know, let's, if things start opening up in 2021, I want to, you know, I kind of want to celebrate for myself, all of this riding and just kind of getting out and seeing, you know, getting out and seeing the country again. Um, so I started preparing back in November. Uh, for this. And it, uh, you have to study the route. Um, you know, you have to think about your equipment. You have to think about, you know, trying to find places to, you know, resupply because it's self-supported. Right. And so uh, a lot of people, well, what's a self-supported bike race? I had to carry my own gear, had to be responsible for my, you know, my own uh, lodging. If I stay in a motel or hotel, or if I camped or, um, you know, there was, I didn't have a support vehicle. I didn't have a support crew. Uh, and that's part of the rules as, as a self-supported bike race. So, you know, it's not something like you're hundred percent, right. You're not going to just enter this and say, Oh, but you know, <laughs> I'm just going to show up and, and, and do this and figure it out. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could, you, you could do it that way. I don't think it would be very successful, but um, it does take a lot of planning. And when you, you talk about being self-supported, I mean, you're going up against this. How, how many total bikers were in it? I'm, I'm looking here. It says 42. Yeah. So this year there, are, I think, and I think with between the scratches and, and the, the finishers, it's about 42, 43, I think 54, 55 started or uh, registered uh, uh, to start the race. Um, and this was actually a down year. Uh, there's typically a pretty big international contingent, but again, with travel restrictions, uh, you know, COVID travel restrictions, a lot of the international field couldn't make it. Um, mm -hmm. In 2017, when I started, it was actually, I think, the largest uh, field, and I think 120 or 125 started uh, that year, so somewhere in that uh, ballpark. Um, so it's uh, it's growing. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely grown. The first year they had like. 15. So it's, yeah. it, it, it's definitely I, grown in size. 
But I mean, that's 50 people that are all sitting there trying to plan out, okay, here's how many miles I can get in a day. And then, okay, here's where I can stop. So if I can go 200 miles in a day, do I go 190 and stop here? Do I go 210 and stop in this town? And then you're, then, you know, then you're looking for, I I saw you stayed in hostels uh, some, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes, and that's, you have to hope that nobody else books that before you book that, or maybe yeah, yeah. go a little no. further. And yeah. there, there's a lot that goes into this that you, you know, that, that, you know, a normal person just looks and goes, Oh, it's a bike ride. No, it's more than that. Yeah, no, it's, it really, it, it, it's tricky. You're right. It, it really is tricky. Um, you know, but then you throw in weather on top of that, you know, really this year and this year, the first, the entire field was affected by this. It was at the start line, uh, on June 6th, it was about 40, 45 degrees in Astoria and pouring rain and uh, really uncharacteristic weather, which they've really had uncharacteristic weather in the north uh, Northwest this whole summer. Uh, we had a headwind all the way down the coast, which is totally abnormal um, for that part of the country to have a, to have a, a wind coming up the coast. So the whole field actually didn't make it nearly as far as, as they had wanted. Um, so I'm sure everybody's kind of plan <laughs> got thrown out the window uh, on day one. I know mine did. I wanted to I wanted to stop and camp at, at Mackenzie Bridge, which, which is about 275 miles into the into the route. I made it to Corvallis or, you know, Corvallis, Oregon, uh, which I called my wife that night. And I was like, you won't believe this. I'm in Corvallis again. In 2017, I made it to Corvallis. I was like, this is not a this is I'll be damned if this is going to be a repeat <laughs> of 2017. Um but you know, it just you had to deal with the weather, and there's 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 nothing you can do. So you can plan and plan and plan, but you better have plan B, C, and D as well. How difficult or how hard is it to, or I guess I, I should say, how easy is it to take a wrong turn at some point during this? Um, you know, we so I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I we all have these you know GPS bike computers. Uh, a lot of people have, so I have a, a Garmin bike computer that has navigation built into it. Um, and then I also had, had it in my phone as well. And so I had a, you know, a primary source of navigation and a backup source of navigation. Again, you spend a lot of time looking at the maps and, and looking at the route. So hopefully you're familiar enough with it, but mistakes happen. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a woman and it's a, it was a real, I could see how she made this mistake. Um, you, you, there's a part in, in Montana where you do this really big climb and it, it, you come to an intersection and you have to make a left and go down the mountain or you go straight and go down the mountain that way, you know, straight down the mountain and you end up in Idaho. Well, she, she did that and realized when she realized her mistake, she was 50 miles off course. And mm-hmm. so not only did was she, you know, 50 miles off course, but she was at the bottom of a, you know, at the bottom of a mountain pass, which is the probably the worst way to make a mistake. He's got to turn around and climb back up it. Um, so it, it can happen and it has happened uh, in the race. Uh, thankfully, I didn't make any wrong turns, um, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. If you, I'm looking at the map here. So if you end up in California, you know, you're, you're way off. Oh yeah. You're <laughs> way off. Yeah. Yeah. You're way off. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the, the mountains that you climbed through, as, I, as I'm looking through here, what was the highest elevation that you got to? So the highest point of the race is Hoosier Pass in Colorado, and it's about 11,500 feet, uh, which is, which, you know, coming from Missouri, you're like, oh, this is, there's, 
I joked, uh, I, I think I put it on Twitter uh, or maybe my wife put it on Facebook that I joked that, you know, the, the, the seven people in front of me stole all the oxygen, uh, you know, as they, as they came through, because boy, it was, it was hard. Um, but what's actually fascinating about the, the kind of the elevation and the climbing you do, you know, in Oregon, you get up to 5,500 feet, which, you know, compared to 11,500, it's like half, right. Or not even half. Um, but you're coming from sea level. Whereas at uh, Hoosier Pass, we, I started that day in Silverthorne, Colorado, in Summit County. Um, beautiful part of the country, by the way. Um, but we started at almost 9,000 feet and went up to 11,500. So um, the climbing, it, it, yeah, there was thin air, but it, the climbing yeah. itself wasn't as dramatic. In, in, in all actuality, Joe, the hardest climbing is Missouri and eastern Kentucky, believe it or not, of this whole route. It's just it's you know just never ending up and down up and down up and down just rolling hills that you the just O's, yeah. yeah which I, I i expected right living here in in, in missouri you know i kind of knew what to expect and you know i've spent a lot of time at lake of the ozarks so i've i've ran a lot down there too so i kind of knew what the ozarks had in store for me but boy after at that <sighs> point you know 25 3000 miles <laughs> that hurt too Oh, just knowing I, I was at the I, I just got back from the all-star game in Denver. And uh, one of the days we went up to Pikes Peak, uh, one of those days. So that's 13,000 feet that that you're up at Pikes Peak and knowing the drive that it took to go up that and, and how you know it wasn't easy to drive a drive an SUV up, up to mm-hmm. the top of that, that I couldn't imagine doing a bike. And, you know, thinking about it now, there were people that, you know, go up to the top. They they take bikes all the way up to the top of Pikes Peak and then will ride down. And I, I imagine that's more of an adrenaline rush than it is uh, a workout. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the top of at the top of Hoosier Pass, again, I, I like to climb. That's I'm actually originally from Utah. And so I kind of grew up in the mountains. So, uh, you know, again, I kind of knew what to expect and, and I really enjoy that terrain. But man, I got at the top of Hoosier Pass and and. I, I was a little punch drunk, to be honest, with the lack of oxygen. I mean, I was a little, I had to sit down and I was a little woozy. I was, ooh, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it gets you. If you're not, yeah. you, you think it's, hey, okay, you've done, it, you've done all this, it'll be fine. And then, yeah, it'll, no, sometimes it'll just choke you out. Yeah, and that's, like I said, I was, it, punch drunk would be about the best way to describe it. I was not quite uh i didn't have quite all my senses uh, you know for about 10 minutes so i just sat there and kind of collected myself so you mentioned that the first time you tried this you you made it 700 miles before uh, before you tapped out was there a portion was there a point during this race that you that you thought about ending it or it was it uh what and then at what point did you know you were going to finish the whole thing you know, I don't think there actually ever was a point where I, where I, you know, felt like pulling the plug. Um, there were moments, though, that were I was in a pretty dark place. Um, uh, the first one, and actually, they were both in Kansas. Um, so the, the day I, the, the day I entered Kansas, um, I had actually what I had done is is I got up. Well, we'd ridden from Cannon City, uh, Colorado. Um, to Eads, Colorado. I got a hotel room or motel. Um, I slept for a few hours and left Eads, Colorado at about 10 p.m. And I rode through the night. You know, riding through Kansas, kind of the strategy that a lot of people will use is 
riding, riding through Kansas at night to avoid the heat, to avoid some of the severe wind that, that you'll get uh, going through Kansas uh, and to avoid some of the, the traffic. Um, well, I got to uh, a little community called Rush, Rush Center and <clears throat> I turned south from, from Rush Center, Kansas. It's a little bit, uh, it's kind of near, um, it's uh, kind of west of, of Wichita, kind of northwest of Wichita and uh, turned south and went right into a headwind at about, you know, probably a 15 to 20 mile an hour headwind. And it was 90 degrees out and had about 15 miles of that. And I'd been up by that point for, you know, 18 hours, <laughs> I was just like ready to be done for the day. I was exhausted. I was hot. I was tired. And to hit that headwind, I was um, using some, some language that I won't use here. Um, and, and I was pretty well, you know, <laughs> defeated at that point. I ended up uh, spending the night in Larned, Kansas. Uh, that was, that was my destination. I ended up riding, I think 230 miles or 225 miles that day. Uh, and then it happened again the next day. Um, turned south in um, from Cassidy, Kansas, heading south to Rosalia, Kansas. Um, and there was about a 12-mile stretch just straight into a headwind. Um, and it just beat you up. And, and I went into a pretty dark place where I just, you know, put your head down. I was going about 10 miles an hour. And so it was just – it was kind of miserable, <laughs> to be honest. It was, it was miserable. But I never wanted to quit. I just – you know, I realized, hey, and that's probably the biggest le learning lesson from 2017 is, um, you know, when you found yourself in those dark places, it was because you were tired. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that I couldn't physically do it. I was just mentally exhausted. And so actually in Rosalia, Kansas, I stopped. There was a little post office there that was air conditioned. I just stopped for about 15 minutes to collect, you know, kind of regather myself Um and made it the last 10 or 15 miles into, into Eureka, Kansas, uh, just fine. But you just, you needed that little 15 to 20 minute break to, to, to gather yourself. Do those towns know that there's a race coming through and that there's going to be bikers stopping by occasionally? You know what? It's fascinating. It, um, yeah, uh, yes and no. I mean, it, it's not necessarily publicized, but the more that the race has gone on, they start to expect it. Just the, the locals realize, hey, this it's that time of year that all of a sudden there's a bunch of these crazy, you know, men and women <laughs> riding across the country. And, and uh, you know, one of the things I, I did learn, Joe, is that, you know, and this is just, a, just a, you know, a, an observation I made that as, as you open yourself up to people across the country, they're willing to help. Um, you know, you, you start talking to a lot of the locals uh, in these small communities and, you know, you have a little small talk about what you're doing, why you're doing it or, you know, just what's going on. And, you know, next thing you know, they're offering food. And one time in, in Hon Honaker, Virginia, we had a, a father and son you know, offer to uh, let us spend the night at, at their house. Um, it was late at night and obviously didn't do that. But, you know, these the people along the route in these some, some, a lot of these communities really enjoy having the race come through um, and, and really helping out the, the, the racers. Um, so it's just, it was really kind of a, uh, again, it, it kind of, I guess, made restored some faith in humanity <laughs> as I went across the, across the country that there are a, really a lot of nice people out there that, that want to help. So you've had three weeks now since you finished this, uh, this race back on July 1st, have you planned your next adventure yet? Uh, 
there is a race in Minnesota uh, towards the end of June. Uh, so this would be next year that I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, it's only 1,200 miles, uh, so significantly less. Um, that that looks intriguing. I don't know if I'll, you know, I don't know if I'll do it or not, but it's it's on the radar. Um, I'll probably do a little bit more research uh, on the route and, and kind of what all it entails. Uh, from just a brief, you know, observation of it, it looks like it's a multi-trail, uh, multi-surface race. So I think it utilizes bike trails and bike paths and rail trails and uh, really tries to get uh, folks off the open roads, which, you know, getting away from cars is always a good thing. Um, so it's out there. I don't know if I'll, I'm not ready to commit to it yet, but uh, I'm looking at it. Oh, well, I, you know, when I, when I sit and I tell people that I'm, I'm aiming for an Ironman in 2022 and they tell me that I'm crazy, it's nice to know that there are people out there that do 4,000 mile cross, uh, cross country bike races that I can just point and say, yeah, but what about him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I can be that deflection for you, Joe. That's, uh, <laughs> but you know, what? I, I'll, I'll gladly do it. Like I said, it was a lot of fun. It was an experience I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of people have asked, will, will I do it again? You know, if you would have asked me on on, on uh, July 1st, I would have said no chance in hell. <laughs> right. You know, that was miserable. <laughs> um, the more I've thought about it, you know, I think I can do it. I think I can do it under 20 days, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I, you know, to be to be totally honest, though, I have to be fair to my family and my wife. You know, I, I don't think that's going to be in the cards anytime soon, but I do think I can do it under 24 or under 20. Definitely under 24, but I think I can do it under 20. I like that we're doing this on video because I could just see in your face right now as you're sitting there doing that, you're talking yourself into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a conversation that you've already had with yourself before, but I can see the wheels spinning as you're sitting here and telling me how many days you can do that race in next time you do it. Yeah. As I, as I can see almost, I, I can almost see your hand going to the website to register for next year. Yeah. my I would probably be divorced if I did that now. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I do think I can do it under 20 days uh, when it's all said and done. Well, uh, best of luck to you in, uh, in all of that. And when does, uh, when does your season start over at SLU? So while we've got kids coming back, we start school on the 25th of August. So kids will be here. We don't bring the cross country kids back terribly early. They'll be back the week before. Um, so they'll be on campus in about a month. And then our first uh, meet, we're doing an A-10 uh, preview meet over in uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, middle of September. Uh, so that'll be the first meet. I think September 17th is when we kick, kick off the season. And then uh, we roll right into it from there. Awesome. Well, best of luck to you in that. And thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. John Bell, the Billikens uh, cross country and track coach. And God, that, what an amazing story. It, it makes me want to go jump on my bike and do something crazy. Just go some insane distance this uh, this weekend. Uh, just a, a fantastic story by John Bell. And you can go through. So go uh, you check out his Twitter page. At JBell30. Go to Twitter at JBell30 and just scroll back. Scroll back through and you can see the pictures that he took along the ride. You can see the, the fact, I mean, he was just talking about how he drove, rode through the night in Kansas. Like, it, it is pitch black out there. And he's out there on his on his bike going through Kansas and some of the other stuff that that he did the entire month of June. Just uh, the the fascinating pictures and video that he took there is is definitely 
uh, something to go check out. It's at jbell30 on his uh, on his Twitter page, and we we have it tagged in our in our tweets um, for the show as well. If you just want to go click on that. Hey, this is weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClaybsOnline.com. Also uh, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body, nine one one North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find Collinsville Auto Body. They will uh, they'll help you get back on the road fast with quality service to repair anything that's happened to your car uh, so you don't have to go cross-country on a bike like uh, like John Bell did. They will get you back in your car fast, and they will have it looking the same as, uh, as the day you bought it at Collinsville Auto Body. Again, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Go to their website, collinsvilleautobody.com. Longtime sponsor here of everything that I've been doing uh, in St. Louis for the past almost 12 years now. As uh, it's just really, really happy to have them on board. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Katie Wu is coming up next right here. ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. Once again, presented by Glory Pro Wrestling. Glory Pro Wrestling has their next show coming up Sunday, July 25th. That's right, it's back on Sunday. It's a 3 p.m. show at the South Broadway Athletic Club. The Heat is on, featuring AEW star All Ego Ethan Page. And hey, don't miss Dan Housen on the card. Dan the Dad is on the card. Number one contender, Mike Outlaw on the card. And don't forget about the new Crown of Glory champion, Jake Something, who will defend his newly won Crown of Glory championship for the first time here at The Heat Is On. Again, it's at the South Broadway Athletic Club, Sunday afternoon, July 25th. Go to GloryProWrestling.com and find ticket information there. Front row seats have already sold out, but still, great seats remain at the South Broadway Athletic Club. Really not a bad seat in the entire venue with so much history in the building and action in the ring for Glory Pro Wrestling's next show on July 25th. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClabesOnline.com. If you're watching the video version of this on YouTube, you just saw the Munganass commercial as I sit here and you can see me doing the show from my car that I got from Munganass Alton Toyota. But we continue on with our list of guests this weekend and we welcome in from The Athletic. She writes about the Cardinals. She's Katie Wu. Katie, how are you? I'm well, Joe. How are you? I am good, and uh, of course, people can see on the video too that you're in the press box at Bush Stadium. So we're uh, we're you. I, I can be as loud as I want here in the car. I just hope the connection holds up to where you you have uh, people working diligently surrounding you before Thursday night's Cardinal game. <laughs> yes, I actually feel so bad as I just I picked a small corner in the press box and it was pretty quiet for like 20 minutes. And as soon as we started recording. All of the Cubs reporters just sat down, so hopefully they enjoy my angelic voice for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've talked some Cubs this week. I saw you were on what you were on Marquee earlier yeah. this week. So you go from being on the Cubs Network and doing pregame shows on there to recording a podcast with me as I sit in my car. So it's really just the the peaks and the valleys of of broadcast journalism for you this hardly, week. Hardly, very hardly. <laughs> 
How how are you enjoying? So half a season into uh, writing for the Cardinals, being here in St. Louis, how would you assess your first uh, three months? I don't know if it's felt more like three days or three years, but it has not felt like three months. Um, it has been the most thrilling, exciting, crazy time in my life. And it's also been, you know, a learning experience. Um, and I think those kind of go hand in hand, but yeah, it, it seemed pretty crazy when the all-star break came. I kind of looked around and I was like, July already. And then at the same time, I was like, how is it not September? Um, so I think the main takeaway I, I get here is that time doesn't exist as a in, in baseball, right? It's just a myth. I never know what day it is. I never know what time it is. And I'm just going to show up and hope that I have the right schedule. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great. And not to mention uh, all of the different rule changes that have just gone on throughout the year. Uh, for we, I know we talked about this a few months ago, just having to introduce yourself to an organization via Zoom the way that you had to. What uh, what has that been like since all the restrictions have been lifted a bit and you're able to be on the field without a mask and talk to some of these uh, players and coaches? Yeah, so much better. Um, I, you know, I can only speak for myself and I can't speak for the players or other media members, but I personally feel like I benefited so much from being able to have conversations in person. And it certainly seems like the staff and the players and the coaches enjoy it too. Um, because with, with Zoom, I mean, obviously everyone's making the best out of a bad situation, but you lose so much of the intimacy and so much of the relationship building because it is over an online setting. And it's very hard to kind of capture that human element. And for the Cardinals players case, they don't know me. They only know me the face on a computer screen. They don't really are like, and here's, here's this reporter that doesn't know us really that well. And she has to write things that are, you know, based on performance. And for a while, the Cardinals weren't performing up to their expectations. So that I think put everyone in a little bit of a tough situation. Um, so being able to go down there and show up and be in the dugout now and talk to these guys and have conversations that aren't even going to ever make print, but just help establish that relationship and let them know who I am. And I can kind of figure out who they are too. That has been so helpful. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we get more and more access back, but being able to be on the field in the dugout, we did a pregame media scrum with my chill in Chicago for the first time last week. That was my first one in two years. It was just, I felt like a real reporter and it was really nice. That's so I was at the, uh, I was just at the all-star game, you know, two weeks ago and just being there on the field and doing all of that. It's like, my God, like this, it feels like forever since, since you've been doing this. I, I completely Absolutely. understand where you're coming from. It's so, okay. So you wrote about these players for all these months and not really knowing them. Are there any that, that have to told you maybe they've read your stuff or are there any that you've had conversations with that maybe have changed your perception of them? I wouldn't say change my perception. You know, I try not to judge them based on, I, I only write based on performance, right? You know, if, if someone's in a bad mood and gives me a bad quote, that's okay. I'm never going to reflect that in my writing. But getting to know who they are as people has helped me understand how they play. And I think that's helped me evaluate their skills a little bit better, how they go out and practice and prepare. Everyone's different in that regard. So being able to have these conversations and talk to them and see who they are as, as people and how their personality traits help them on the field, that has, I think, been the biggest takeaway that's been the most important for me to be able to do my job correctly and to my best ability. Um, but also it's just nice, you know, like on getaway days to hang out and just talk, talk about life, talk about baseball, talk about family and get to know each other a little bit more than just the uh, reporter player relationship or the reporter coach relationship. You know, there's 
162 plus games, not counting spring training or the playoffs, that we see these guys every day and they see us. So being able to have a little bit of, of that relationship established again is so important. I think one thing that a lot of Cardinal fans have noticed about you is the way that you have uh, you you kind of navigate around your uh, social media and deal with <laughs> some of the responses or some of the things that you uh, that you get uh, on a daily basis. What is that? I mean, having to introduce yourself to a new fan base, what has that been like this season, knowing how passionate Cardinal fans are? You know, passion is a very great word for this fan base. And I will never complain about engagement or fans caring or fans being passionate about their team. It's, I would much rather cover a team that has fans that care too much than fans that don't care at all. So while it was difficult, I think, and, and fans had the, had the right to be probably skeptical about someone who has no St. Louis background, had not covered the major leagues in three years, taking in for a beat where they haven't had a writer on the athletic for a while, you know, I understood that. But for the most part, Cardinals fans have been super receptive. They have been engaging and funny. And some of them in their roasts of me are actually quite hilarious. And I can't even be mad at that. So, you know, I try not to. Sometimes I just like to play around and, you know, someone says something that's maybe not the most educated thing. Or maybe I can try to enlighten them in a way. Um, but for every negative comment that I receive, there are dozens more that are positive and uplifting and engaging and intelligent. So I really try to focus on that. Social media is a very toxic place, but there are its benefits and being able to connect with the fans and get to know a little bit about the fan base. And hopefully they get to know a little about who I am as a reporter. That's been really helpful too. Who, uh, who in your career has kind of helped you learn to deal with the, the way that fans can just, I mean, behind a dog avatar can just come and attack, you know, or, or say things that they would never say to you if they saw you at the stadium. And that, right, that's that's the thing is, you know, everyone and, you know, no matter what you do in this industry, you're open to some sort of criticism or skepticism from someone that would never have the, the nerve to say it in person. So, you know, I am lucky to have a group of, of friends that are baseball beat writers and other markets um, and we're all around the same age and we're all around the same time in our career and we all grew up in the social media era anyway. So being able to just rely and vent and we send screenshots and we just get our 30 seconds of venting out of the way then we get on with our day right because one thing that i really learned in the first half of the season is it is not worth and this is for anyone no matter what you do or who you are arguing on social media is such a waste of time and it can really hamper your day and bring you down and i'm so lucky to have this job that i do where i'm at bush stadium for half the season and in, around the country for the other half watching baseball that i want to spend more time focusing on that. Um, however, that, that, that does not mean that I will not come at you if you come at me in a weird way. Um, so it's a funny balance, right? That, that mute, you see, I, I'm, I am a big fan of the mute button over the block button. That mute button, it yes, just, the they, they just vanish. Yes. You just don't give them, don't show them that they're blocked. Just hit that mute button and you never have to deal with it again. It gives me great joy to know that they are yelling and screaming and they have no idea that I will never see it. Exactly. So you mentioned all of the uh, all the people that have influenced you over the uh, over the years. I, I know a huge thing that I saw you posting about quite a bit this week was the uh, was the all women's broadcast, uh, the mm -hmm. TV broadcast earlier this week, and seeing that and seeing that baseball has grown to, I guess, embrace that the way that it has. What does that mean to you as a female reporter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we hear it all the time. Representation matters. Um, and to be able to have 
learned from so many women reporters before me that really established themselves as trailblazers in the beat writing market. And now to be sitting in the press box and you know, every now and then I'll look around and there is another woman in my age or in my age group that is going through the same thing where we looked at the same people, idolized the same woman and are now hopefully continuing to in their paths has been remarkable. So the all women's broadcast was tremendous. Um, I have never met any of those women in person, personally, except for Alana Rizzo a couple times, uh, but just the resumes speak for themselves five fantastic, smart, intelligent reporters doing their job. And it makes me very happy to see that it was, while it was the first one, I highly doubt it will be the last and it shouldn't be. Um, my hope now is that while we have the, the first woman broadcast, we can now bring in women of different colors and different backgrounds and just different everything and create a really diverse product. That's what makes baseball great. When you look on the field, like for the Cardinals, for example, it is really just a hodgepodge of nationalities and backgrounds and that's what makes, I think, baseball is America's pastime, right? Is you have all these different people coming together from all different places in the world. Our media market should reflect that as well. So for me, it was really cool to see the all-women's broadcast. And I'm looking forward to see what people continue to do to make baseball more representative for everybody. And you had, you know, one of those that just reminded me last week or two weeks ago during the All-Star break when, who was it, Stephen A. Smith had those comments about Shohei Atani not being the face of baseball. It's very rare that you see everybody agree that it was a bad take. You didn't, I don't think there was one person that stepped up and said, hey, you know what, he might have a point. I think it was universal that that was one of the dumbest things that somebody could possibly say and jumped on him about it. And it was, it was nice to see everybody in agreement with something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think we are hopefully trying towards a more accepting environment in baseball and what Shohei Tani has been able to do is incredible. He lights up the game. And I think it's, you it, for me, it's just really important that no matter what background you come from, that you feel like there's a place in the sport for you. Um, for a while, as an Asian American young woman, I didn't feel like there was one for me. And when the Marlins hired Kim in, as their uh, general manager, that completely changed my, perspe- my perspective. And I said, well, there is some representation. So again, it goes back to representation mattering. And hopefully, again, we'll continue to see that trend rise. Absolutely. So if the Cardinals were to at some point bring in a, an all-women's broadcast, uh, what role do you want to have in oh, that? Uh, in that? Um, Where are you? Are you, are you play-by-play? Are you, are you color? Which, which role are you taking on, Katie? Are you kidding me? I swear way too much to do play-by-play. I could kick <laughs> off the broadcast in the second inning. Uh, I, mean, I, do, um, I could do like a pre-game, post-game analysis show. I feel like I could do that. Um, but I'll stick to writing. I'll stick to writing for sure. <laughs> Is there a uh, is there a stadium on the second half of the schedule for the Cardinals that you are looking forward to visiting for the first time? I've never been to PNC Park, and I cannot wait. Um, there's a lot of parks I haven't been to in the side of like the, in the Midwest and the NL and AL Central. And August has a bunch of those uh, road trips planned, so I'm super excited for that. But PNC Park is still the the one on my bucket list for forever. I cannot wait to go. That's that's one that's still on mine as well. So absolutely, uh, one of these days I want to head out there. So enjoy your uh, enjoy your trip out there and uh, keep doing a hell of a job on the uh, writing for the Athletic. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. That's Katie Wu from the Athletic joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Alton Toyota here on ClaybesOnline.com. Hey, we are also sponsored by Corey Inskip and the Inskip Law Firm. 
Go uh, go online, inskiplaw.com. See all of the services that Corey Inskip offers, estate planning, estate administration, probate, wills, trusts, power of attorney, all of that uh, for uh, what you can get by giving Corey a call. And just, just give him a call for free, 314-818-0344. It's something that you think that you might need in the future, just kind of trying to get an idea of what all will go into it, what the cost might be. Corey can help you out with any of that. And you can see all of his services there online at inskiplaw.com. That's I-N-S-K-I-P law.com. Uh, Corey Inskip over at the Inskip Law Firm. Hey, let's take another break. When we come back... Wrap things up with some crack slippers right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. It's ClabesOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front, and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. Final segment here of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, Munganass uh, St. Louis Acura, 300 cars in lot in the lot and more coming each and every day. Check them out online, stlouisacura.com, and uh, you uh, can uh, yeah, you can see just how much inventory they have uh, out there, stlouisacura.com. Um, Andy, uh, a very, very short week of crack slippers or options for crack slippers, but I, I got one I do want to talk about, so if you would. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the crack slippers with Joe Roderick on ClaimsOnline.com. Andy, uh, first off, you know, we mentioned John Bell uh, had him on 4,162 miles biking for uh, for him, uh, Trans Am, for his bike race. There's another bicycling uh, journey going on right now, and that's Jake Mintz of Cespedes Family Barbecue. He made a statement before uh, during the offseason that he would bike from New York to Chicago if Tony LaRusso was hired as the White Sox manager. And Andy, he's eating crow as he uh, began his journey on Thursday. 1,200 miles biking from New York City to Chicago. But he has turned it into raising money for charity. And he is going to stop at a lot of minor league ballparks along the way and catch games. So That's he cool. has made it into a fun little journey. Uh, follow it online at Cespedes Family Barbecue um, on Twitter. So it's just Cespedes BBQ is where you can find it. And finally, Andy, I know I think next week we're going to have so many cracks over so many stories about the Olympics. So we oh, will. I surely uh, hope so. Yeah, we definitely will. You know, next, uh, next Friday night, uh, you'll have to see the trampoline gymnastics. 
where yeah. a gentleman by the in, in 2012, a gentleman by the, from China by the name of Dong Dong won gold. I remember Dong Dong. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. So Andy, uh, the other one too. I don't know if you've seen this trend lately, but I think they've run out of ideas for hats. Oh no. New Era is trying to make a uh, is trying to get um is i guess trying to come out with new hats new styles of hats and andy it's all just the mlb logos upside down oh yeah well that sounds real dumb right it really is sounds really dumb so yeah that's uh, that, that that's all i have on that i mean it just it's, it looks like a bad look the only one that looks somewhat funny is the orioles logo upside down yeah, that would be kind. Of, that would be kind of funny. I can see that. So I can definitely see that. Please don't buy that hat. There's no reason to buy it. There's no reason to have it. Just don't waste your money on an upside down hat. That's no reason. Week, that's a that's a weekend Joe uh, demand. Yeah, it's it's a request. Please don't buy that. It just you it not, doesn't work. If right. you were, if you buy that hat, you are not a friend of the show. You're really not. Nope, not uh, not one bit. Andy, that's going to wrap it up for us. I have another softball game I got to go play. So I am going to do that. You enjoy your weekend, and we will catch up once again next week right here on Weekend Joe. We are driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota Andy each and every week right here. It's ClavesOnline.com. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars, like the new TLX with $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers and 0.9% financing for up to 60 months. We have all new 22 MDXs with 1.9% financing for up to 60 months or get a great deal on a new lease. You can get the 21 Acura ILX as low as $239 per month for 36 months or the new 21 Acura RDX for as little as $399 per month for 36 months. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.